0: Listen, Hanai. Hi, fam. <laughs> Hi. How you do, Hanai? Maybe I'm talking a little bit more emphatically this way because Mama Mai decided to come to my podcast for God knows why. Because she hates... Podcast, this is so boring. I sit here, I fall asleep. She literally just said that to me, which is so fucking rude.
1: Yeah, I was surprised when I brought her in, and she knew Matthew. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Right? Because then,
0: Matthew had come to our house. Matthew Hussey and he was said
1: that, and I was like, "What the yeah. fuck?"
0: Relationship expert Matthew Hussey was just on the show, and so he was outside while Mama Mai came into the guest room, and we started the show. But just to say, Mama Mai, thank you for coming. I hope in some way, shape, or form, you are proud of me to be able to host a podcast, and proud of your son, Dennis. Who is here? Who has actually showed me what podcasts were six years ago and put me on the map?
1: Serial was my first one. And then yep. S-town, yeah. yep. S Town. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two. Like, S Town's a really fast one that you can watch. And Marav is trying Marav to jump in on the mic. mom says, Whatever, I have no choice. Okay. So
0: thank you, mom. You're an asshole. Okay. You <laughs> don't want to be late. Yeah. That said, I just want you to know. I just <laughs> so want... I don't want
1: to drop her off and then come here. You know what I mean? Oh, so you used her for carpooling? I needed her for the carpooling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You really did throw mom in the car uh, just for carpool, dog? Yes,
1: man. I do not want to be late. I mean, you
0: know. <laughs> but it worked and you're on time, so yeah, I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. The third voice <laughs> and beautiful laugh in the room, I am so excited to introduce <laughs> to you guys. Um, y'all know I rep the bay hard. And from the bay came just a handful of talents that I can say I personally know. And one of them has been a ride or die to me. She is. So faith-driven, so hardworking, so committed, loyal, and passionate. And one of the funniest, funniest women I know out there with an authentic sense of humor. Angela Johnson. In the house, live and direct with Big her future lips. For me, dude. Hello. Yo, honey. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And <laughs> you so much oh, so.
1: She gets the undulations. Yo, That's right. <laughs> what everyone misses. It Funny, like cuts off. Everybody
0: <laughs> knows Angela with the J, by the way. Everybody knows Angela from her famous and and like seriously youtube landmark video of the nail lady Mm -hmm. we call it the nail lady if you google angela johnson nail lady you know that she fucking came with a viral video that just like rocked us with the vietnamese accent Uh and this and i just have to ask you that sounds a for you right there (laughs) how did you get that accent down i'm
2: vietnamese i get it you latina how You know, I have an ear for sounds, for accents. Um, I'm not a trained singer and I can't harmonize, but I can mimic is what it is. Anything or just certain? I mean, not like Mariah Carey or like, (laughs) you know what I mean? But like a basic singer, I got you. I'll copy you and I'll sound like you. Wow. But I can't harmonize because that means I have to hear you and do something different than you. And I I can't do that. I can only mimic. Okay. So I mimic what I hear. And I don't know. I just growing up in San Jose, yeah. you know, that was easy that you hear that all day long. Yeah, so. right. right. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I when I tell people the way I grew up, which it was pretty much predominantly Hispanic, mm-hmm. black and then like a small um um a small population of Vietnamese. It wasn't mm. dense then. Mm. So for you, what was what did your rel- uh, lens of the Bay look like? Mm very
2: because mexican mixed, right yeah yeah it's it's mixed pretty and mixed, mixed, heavy very white, indian
0: ha- heavy indian heavy white yeah. mixed asian
2: kids uh-huh, uh-huh. and A heavy asian of, yes engine engineers all over yes. the place <laughs> okay so for you it was indian. well and also i live right off first street right at the like beginning of technology central mm. where it was like you know sun microsystems cisco systems like all when those were like the hot right tech companies at the time i lived right not too far from there so it was a lot of portuguese indian mexican white um in our neighborhood there was just like a couple black people but it was mostly latino latino and white portuguese And today you still go home for Christmas because I know you got a oh, yeah. big family yeah, down yeah. there. Yeah, my whole is still there, and and yeah, and now it's super diverse. Now our next door neighbors that were Portuguese, now it's an Indian family. Yeah, and they be like in half their house, <laughs> and it's just a mess. It. It's <laughs> come on. <laughs> I love that. No parking now. <laughs> just
0: forget it. Shit, oh, it's that is funny. When you <laughs> talk about being from the Bay today, because I don't know about you, so Andrew. When did you move to L.A.? 16 years ago. I moved 15 years ago. I think that... No, wait. No, no. 2003. That's 16? 2003. Same, actually. 16 years ago. That's crazy. So you and I came and... The come up is so real. Like mm-hmm. I, I gotta give us like pats on. on the back for real. Yes. Because we came from nothing. We didn't fuck nobody to get nope. here. We didn't nope. have like a nice little like air that we like came from. Can you imagine if I was all, Well, oh, speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 I'm <laughs> No, it. but for real, when I talk about being from the bay today, I know you hear the same yeah. thing. And there's a different thing about us women from the bay. We come we can, we don't relate to New York. We don't want we to find each other completely. And we we're chill. We're just there's there's some mm-hmm. about the women from the bay that are just so cool and chill and just mm-hmm. so independent. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: what would you describe being from the bay made you today? Also, I would say, Maybe this is uh, an attribute of the babe. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe it's just because we're just cool chicks. But I would say you and I also have the vibe of there's enough for all of us. Yes. I'm not competing against yes. you. You're not True. my competition. How can I help you? What do I got that you need? Okay, what do you got? How can we help each other? Let's link arms. Let's go. Yes. Like there's that vibe yeah. as opposed to like a, you know, backstabby, like, ooh, how come she got this or whatever.
1: You lose, I win. It's got to right. be like, yeah, yeah, down. yeah. It's
2: what you just that. described to me made me
0: think of, do you know Killer Mike? Not personally. Okay, okay so <laughs> Killer Mike, super woke, amazing um um dude, a man for the culture. But I asked him one time because he has real love for the Bay, and I was like, why do you think the Bay is just so cool and yet so successful? Like, mm. it's a good meld of both.
1: I'll tell you what it is. I think it is. Really? The hippie culture. Hippie yeah, culture? Hippie what culture do you mean back. by that? Uh, well then, from the 60s, uh, from the, the 60s, love, the San yeah. Francisco. And then those ki- those people had their kids and uh. they kind of instilled those those values. Plus, of course, there's a lot of opportunity. You don't have to be, you mm. know. Okay. Like, I have- and that makes sense. Back when you have opportunity and those values.
0: His answer to me blends a little bit of both what you guys just said, which is he said, y'all came up poor. He's like, y'all came up poor and really built that city to become mm. what it is. But- it all came up with like mom and pop businesses and then a bunch of different cultures. Everybody, yeah. Indian, you know, people standing in line with Vietnamese people in the same Save Mart or whatever it may be. Yeah. But but just that 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 humble, intimate, like melting pot kind of started what yep. it is today. And um, overgrew grew the success. I mean, people are being moved out because it becomes so expensive to live there now. I'm well, they're,
2: they're saying the kids in elementary school right now in San Jose, by the time they graduate high school, they will not be able to afford to live in the city wow. they grew up in. Wow. Like
0: period. Yeah. And yet, your parents and my parents are so damn happy that they bought their house and they're okay. just waiting to become a two million dollar yes. house. I'm like, Dad, my Dad, like this house one day it'd be five million dollars. Like, Dad, it's <laughs> not that. You have purple walls and yeah,
1: we, yeah. you know, it's like, awful. The house is awful. Our house too. is awful. It's awful. It's house we grew up in, yeah. so it's, oh.
2: it's gonna stay that oh, way. Oh, I feel you. And then my mom's like, maybe we should just sell the house and move to Morgan Hill or something. And I was like, you can't even do that anymore. Like, no,
0: you gotta, exactly. you gotta Keep,
2: to yeah, Keep no, going no, far. Oh Keep going, Mantica. Like, that's I don't shit. know, but oh, we gotta go man. past
0: Morgan Hill now. <laughs> oh. Angela, I haven't spoken to you in years, but we we we've seen each other. The last time I saw you was at oh my god, what? Tipsy Cow? Tipsy oh, Cow. Yeah. And you and your husband Manny were there. And they were they were sitting there uh-huh. um, in Sherman Oaks and enjoying a juicy burger, uh. and I saw Ange, and Ange just looked at me, and we had just, there's something magical about you every time I see you, whether it was there, or I also ran into Ange at the SJC airport in San Jose. <laughs> we saw each other, we were uh-huh. like, what
2: up? Yeah,
0: And every time I see you, you have such a powerful presence about you. You're very present. Like mm. even right now, when Angela was walking in, my last guest, Matthew Hussey, was kind of finishing up his his interview. He was showing us pictures. But Angela, like you even took the time, you as you walked by, you're like, I just want to introduce myself really quick. And you introduced yourself completely like just to be mindful of the other people in the room. Right. right. And and I just that's that's a beautiful gift of yours that you've Thank had you. ever since the beginning. I remember even one of your first shows. Um it was I, I had known of your comedy, knew of your of our friendship because of a, a mutual friend, Jason Ma, And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I get to go to Angela's show. Let me text her I'm coming." I come to the show. I bring my 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 brothers. Yeah. And I remember going backstage to go see you and then you had a, a, like family members and it was a whole craziness and you were just the same chill ass fucking demeanor as right now and just like, "What up, girl? How you doing?" And I'm like, Yo, you just rocked the show. People were screaming your name. Your fan base is insane. Thank you. Like it's, they are. I'm it's, so it, grateful. Your fan base is loyal. Like they will kill for you. Bury the body Come and on. like that's co- right. Bring you over and co- <laughs> dig it up and move <laughs> to a different yes. location if <laughs> the <cops start laughs> to suspect. Your fan base is stupid. They're like, we got you. Exactly, and 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 by the way, you can't just like stereotype your fan as like a, a certain looking girl nah, or a certain everybody's looking dude. It's so everybody, diverse. family, kids, dogs, like everybody's welcome because your humor is so welcoming. And yet your Thank demeanor you. always chill and so present. So I want to know,
1: like... And you described her humor as clean. I didn't even realize that. It is. It is actually very clean. Yes. And I man, it's like... Uh, Why is
2: that, by the way? You know, people would ask me like, is it hard to work clean, but it's just me like my it is who you are who who I am so so that's how my comedy evolved and developed was into that interestingly enough now as I'm evolving in different areas of my life I'm starting to grow my stand-up and my fan base and I I'm always going to be let me not say always I plan to keep my comedy family friendly, welcome, everybody welcome to come. I'm not gonna become a, a politics comedian to show everybody how we're divided. Yeah. We already get that enough on social media. Right. Like, That's my true. stories will always be something that relates and connects, and how are we the same? Yeah. My goal is always when you leave my show, I want you to go, oh my gosh, she sees me, or I see her. I yeah. actually
1: felt that when she asked, what do you think of, it's about the bay? that connects us women you said i'm not sure it's the bay i think it's we're just people you know we're all just you know very connected yeah. in yeah.
2: on a human level and that's what my goal always is before my show is i want to connect and relate with people my favorite compliment to see in the audience when people are laughing is when they're like yes in agreement laughing like oh my god yes you. yes because yeah. then i'm like we're connecting yes you you see me i see you yeah you know what i mean and that's so my comedy will always be that as i evolve as a woman and my language and my faith and what i believe and and what i deconstruct and whatever that may be kind of how we were talking a little bit off air about merging the two of your lives that's kind of where i'm at myself as i'm evolving as a woman and and figuring out, like deconstructing the parts of my faith and like, what is, yes, that's true. And what's that's BS. That's culture that I fell for. Like all of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm evolving. So I'm like, okay, how do I merge the two, but still maintain um, what I feel true to myself on stage? And, and like, I don't want to p- pander to any of my audience, right? but I, I know that a good majority of my audience feels and believes a certain way. And if I start veering a different way, then that's a risk, you know? But as long as I'm staying true to myself, then it's a risk that's always worth willing to take.
0: Absolutely. And I think about you a lot when it comes to the way the culture and comedy has either needed to change or is considering changing. And what I mean by that is, like, on the talk show The Real, I'm constantly talking about the fuck-ups in 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 society. Right. You know, um, cultural appropriation, mm. slander or or jokes made on the LGBTQ community, um, comedy in general, what's okay, why can't we find a host for the damn Oscars, like, all this thing centered around comedy. I feel like comedy is at the peak of its, like, A spotlight right now where people are like, yo, waiting for you guys to mess up. You guys can't even have phones open Mm -hmm. in your shows anymore. Like, so for you, being so like since 2003 and beyond, you know, um, being a natural comic, do you find that you, how do you feel in the pressure, if there's any, of comedy today and what's going on in the world?
2: Uh, Sure, there's pressure. It's, it's, and I, like you said, work clean. So you think, like, oh, how could she offend people? They find something, they'll figure out something for you, even. Honey. I started telling this joke uh, based on a story that happened with me and Manny, where I thought he died. Right?
0: Yep. And Manny being your husband. Fear yep. of
2: death is that's my biggest fear. Right? Wow. So like I have my emotional support animal to help me with my anxiety. <laughs> there's a dog and- in the studio. Right <laughs> now. in the corner, him, yeah. <laughs> like and, a villain. And now I'm I'm just have anxiety that my emotional support animal is gonna die. Like it's full on. Like there's this thing about death, right? So I tell this story about this one time that I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought my husband was dead cause he wasn't and but he never made it home. Right? Oh God. I hate that. This whole story that I tell, it's like a good, Seventeen to twenty minutes it takes me to tell this entire story on stage, and I we go up and down a whole journey, and and I and it's funny or it's like always funny, okay. (laughs) But I take you, I take you there. I talk about a real experience of anxiety for you. Oh, I talk about I walked out what his funeral would be like, and how I was imagining myself at his funeral, and so like I'm acting it out for people in front of people, and it's like it gets a little awkward because it's like quiet, dark, but it's dark dark. in that moment, but. People are laughing because Because he's okay. You know, and we know. Well, you know it. You know, like when I'm doing like the somber thank you, like I was at the <laughs> funeral, you know the somber thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So people are laughing because, like, sure. oh, that's dark, but also, oh, I get what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So it was like, it's one of those type of moments. And it's like a good journey that I take people on. And it's a real story that happened to me. I've gotten messages from people. Um, my husband died. Oh, shit. And I didn't even think about that. That is so insensitive of you. You can't just talk about things so it's hypothetical.
1: I don't understand. So, that.
2: so like flippantly like that. Like that was. I came here to have a good time, and now I'm just reminded of this. And you, you can't do that, right? And then I got torn, and I was like, "Oh shit! I can't even like just share my own fears because I have to be sensitive to other people's." fears and other people's Mm, triggers and other people I can't even do this now I can't talk about my my fear yeah I can't (laughs) talk about an actual story that happened right wow what am I allowed to talk about right you know what I mean and it was like it kind of ate at me for a minute and and I had to wrestle with it like where's the line that I get to draw for myself yeah what's your rule when it comes to this yeah right and there are no rules there are no so I ended up I called uh a good friend of mine in in comedy, her name is Eliza, and I respect her so much and she's so talented and, and she's another female comic who is crushing right now, just Netflix special after Netflix special. So I call her and I'm like, Hey, what do you what do you think about this? Like, how do I handle this? Yeah. And she was like, First of all, that's your story. She can tell you what you can and can't do. But if you are now um shaming widows, then then you shouldn't talk about your marriage because now you're shaming single people. Oh, you know what? You when also you shouldn't sh- talk about being Mexican because now you're shaming all the other ethnic. <laughs> right. You also shouldn't talk about having brothers and sisters because now you're shaming all the single only child yeah. out there. Screw that. No. Like that's not what it's about. Like I'm sorry you were offended. I'm sorry you were triggered but this is my truth, this is my story, yes. you know what I mean? And so I have now like adopted that mm-hmm. in, if it's true to me yes, and I stand by it and I know my heart's intention is not to hurt anyone, it is not to like stir up something inside of you, my goal is always to connect, relate and bring joy, right? So if you are offended in the process of that, I am so sorry because that was not my intention, but I'm also not responsible for your feelings.
0: Mm, That part. So, that's really does I actually think that applies to life.
1: Our, our family.
2: What
1: do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we have this problem a lot. Like, Mama, um, mind, can you
2: step out for a second? You step <laughs> 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 oh, you do. How do you know? What the?
0: <laughs> she reads context clues. Uh, well,
1: I mean, she she, like, they talked about their abuse. Mm-hmm. Abuses that happened in our family. Mm. Okay. And, um, dude, our family's torn from that, from that episode, from that
0: yeah. episode. It doesn't like, it's the, not, like, it's bad. like small like, like, our first split Christmas in my, how am I holding my 41? 41 years. Wow. Our first split Christmas. It's so stupid. Because so trivial, half the because... family felt, and this is old school thinking, but they felt. The shit that is dark that goes on in your family, you dead. never right. let other people know. You never let them know. You save face for the grandfather that abused, the 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 cousin that did wrong. Like you, you actually, you. We're not saying we have to protect them or invite them to dinner, but you do not tell other people that we are jacked. Mm. Like, and so that ended up, and 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 I actually, you know, before I pressed upload for that YouTube video, um, I had to debate with,
2: yep.
0: whether or not I protect my family's beliefs and what they think is right or what inevitably helped me to heal. And my my Vietnamese immigrant mother, who is actually doing the most un-Vietnamese thing, which is mm-hmm. talking about her truth mm-hmm. and about her abuse that she went through when she was growing up, I have to honor that. It's, yep. uh, you know what I mean? Even though all my family members, I love them, I have to honor breaking generational curses. Yep. I don't want my cousins to go on thinking like, Let's just like hide our shit and act like everything's okay. No, actually, talking about it doesn't shame. We also own that th- our grandfather came from a different generation and did what he thought was right. Mm-hmm. And yo, know, he's still in the family, and 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 you know, even though my mom has a different feeling towards him, he's my grandfather, and I I I, I still respect him for that. But I'm not gonna respect his actions, sure. and we have to put a stop to that and own that there da- there's damage to be done, and the healing starts when you own that. Right. So- it's
1: weird because Jeannie still really wants to reconcile with Grandpa, and I'm just like um. I don't. I don't know if it's like he. He's gonna change. It's just like you know. I still you know, like bow when I speak to him and stuff like that, and still you know say yeah. what's up. But it's it's just it's here's just what a question:
2: ends. Does he need to change for healing to take place?
0: I think the answer for anybody would be yes. However, he's so old uh-huh. that you wonder: Does he a care to change, and does he need to change because he's just old now? Like how mm-hmm. old is he? Like ninety or eighty? Eighty six. Eighty six. Popping, by the way. The guy is popping. Wearing tracksuits like a like a G. Yeah. And just and and, but do we care? Like I think that if somebody wants to change, it has to be their decision. I don't think he's ready for that. But I do, I do in my life, just because I'm so I just like to clean. Like just like your house. When you see dirt in a corner, when you see like a window, you wanna clean. Let's just clean. And if it, the window wants to get dirty again, that's the window's job. But I, my job, it for my space mm-hmm. is to be clean.
2: I hear that. So we just we just talked about on our podcast. We, my husband and I, have a podcast called Nights at the Round Table, and we talk about life, faith, love, all the things.
0: I need to be invited,
2: and I hope you would come. Okay, thank, you thank you so you. much. You all heard it here first. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we were talking about when you let go of expectations of others, right? Yes, and. I talked about my relationship with my dad and I have my own story with my dad growing up, very physically, verbally abusive. He was very scary, Um, and but he loved me, you know, and I love my dad, Um, but he used to spank us quite often until there was bruises and marks and all the things. And um, I have gone through therapy for years and What's interesting is over the years, I've had conversations with my dad where I've tried to like, just be like adult to adult. Let's let's talk about this. And I would say something like, um, well, yeah, when you used to have your temper back in the day and he would go, what temper? Mm. And I would be like, huh? And then I would give him like an example and he literally forgot like this whole situation that happened and I had to get off the phone with him immediately. I couldn't finish the conversation because I was so hurt oh my that God. my drama had been erased in his mind, yeah. right? And I was like, ooh, got to get off the phone. Like I remember being so hurt after that conversation. And then years later, I'm with my dad at his his side of the family's house and we're all just having a barbecue, whatever. And I hear my dad in the other room. Talking to some family members, aunts, cousins, whatever, and saying something like, Oh, I never laid a hand on my kids. Wow. <gasps> oh God, that would hurt. That would that would go to me.
1: But he forgot. He oh, forgot. This and, is and, genuine. Did he
2: psychologically forget? Or is this he? This is what I think, right? So, so I opened the screen door. He was on the patio. I opened the screen door and I go, What did you say? And he goes, I never laid a hand on you guys. And he goes, maybe I spanked Mitchell once. That's my youngest brother, right? I didn't even argue with him. I was like, huh, right? And walked away because I know every single family member that was in that room, they saw my dad beat us. Oh,
1: they saw how gotcha.
2: scary he was. Damn, yeah. You ain't fooling nobody. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I was realizing what we do with trauma is we compartmentalize. Totally. Whether you are the victim or the one Abuser. who's doing the abuse, mm-hmm. we compartmentalize and we hide things away because of shame, guilt, whatever it may be, and you block it out. I fully believe my dad does not remember any of those times. I fully believe he doesn't remember because he's put them away and he's not trying to like lie to my face and be like, in his mind go like i know i used to spank her i didn't spank you i don't think my dad i think he fully believes he never touched me wow Uh, and so my dad have my dad and i have very different beliefs politically he's very conservative i'm very not conservative and we have different ways of doing things right and um and you're you're how many kids in your family? How many siblings? Uh, f- we grew up with four of us, but then we found out we had an older sibling when okay. I was like a teenager. Okay, and you're second. I'm in right in the middle. Yeah, you're the middle child. Okay. So my um my dad, he basically has had a temper, whatever, whatever. And I was always waiting for him to own up. I was always waiting for him to uh, genuinely apologize. I was always waiting for him to affirm me in any way possible. To say, oh, I'm so proud of you. This is amazing, like something, right? Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, I don't think my dad has it in him to like say nice words about anyone. So Dude, are I'm you sure just not-, you're not Asian. This oh. is crazy right so now. So I'm like, I'm just not gonna say anything, whatever, exactly right? And this is when I first started doing stand up comedy. Like, when I say first started, it was in my first year of doing stand up. I was doing a show at the Oasis Church, right? Mm-hmm. And I invited my dad came down to L.A. Like that was supportive. He came down to L.A. with like a good friend of his. Right. And um, I did my stand up. It was like five minutes or something. And and after the show, he's not saying anything. Good job. That was cool. Nothing. Just quiet. Right. And I'm just like introducing him to friends walking by. And then one of the pastors walks up hey I was so good like whatever and then he this is my dad and he goes hey you must be so proud and he my dad is very funny so he tries to make a joke like oh yeah maybe one day when she's like hosting the Oscars I'll be proud or something like that right and I was like I get it my dad's trying to be funny so I was like okay cool he's just he doesn't know how to say nice words that's fine Sure." cut two. this was a variety show at church dancers singers stand up comedy whatever I go home my best friend, roommate, um, Penelope. She danced in the show, right? Come home, Penelope's there. Here comes my dad walking in. He sees Penelope and he goes, "Hey, you were amazing! Stop! Stop. I Stop. can't even believe you could <laughs> do Tupac- that. <laughs> was beautiful. Oh my god!" I went into the bathroom, called my mom, and I'm crying in the bathroom. At this point, I'm like 24, 25. And I'm like, "What? why can't he just say nice things to me? Right. And then my mom was like, stop expecting him to. You're, you're just gonna keep hurting yourself. Stop expecting him to affirm you. Stop looking for that from him. He's not gonna give you that, right? Then going through therapy, I start realizing things. This is who my dad was growing up. Life of the party, athlete, hilarious, everybody ladies man everybody love my dad my dad grew up and drove a truck for a linen company and played on soccer teams and baseball teams till he was in his 50s on a senior league right Mm -hmm. my dad is very competitive him saying you're amazing to me equals him losing does that make sense?
0: It doesn't, because I need you to break it okay. down. But yeah. your butt, we're going to take a quick break. Angela's going to come right back and tell us the rest of this amazing story.
2: Coming back, okay. Angela. This is why I think it was confusing, because I missed a part. Okay. My dad will not say nice things to me. He will not affirm me. But when I meet his friends, they will tell me all the time, Oh, your dad talks about you all the time. He tells us how proud he is of you.
1: Genuinely, he's not genuinely, Genuinely,
2: genuinely. Like, of course, oh yeah. Oh my God, your dad, he tells us about you and you're so successful and, and man, he's so proud of you. And I would say, really? He never says that to me. Like, how come he says it to you? And this is why. Because when he says it to his friends, he's still winning. This is my daughter. Look what she's doing. She's amazing. She's successful. She's this. So he's still winning. I'm winning you. My daughter's doing this. But if he says it to me, He's divided he the,
0: the power that he's giving now. He's giving the power over to you, so so you are getting it, not him in control of you.
1: God, when you put it right. like that, it makes it like
0: I so get it. Petty. I get it.
2: It's petty. It it it's competitive. So petty. He was. He's always used to being number one. Wow. I'm the champion.
0: That I'm I mean, the best. God, how many therapy really sessions don't... did it take for you to get that? I'm that's, the best. That's, I'm the
2: champion. If I tell you you're the best, then that means sudden, I'm not the best, right? And you just but if it to I me. tell my friend my daughter's the best, that's my daughter. I'm still the best.
0: Wow. Why do you think he has that? Is that just a personality thing, or is that coming from something? It doesn't always have to be traumatic, but maybe. Do you think that came from something? D- was his mom and dad like that?
2: I just think I don't know. We're all human with our own quirks. And, and- does he compliment your mom? Like, has your mom oh, ever heard it? Of- no. And your mom's cool with it. Well, they're divorced. Ah. They've been divorced okay. since I was eight. My dad would make jokes about my mom my whole childhood. Like, so
0: have you? So have you ever gotten to sit him down, square off with him?
2: Oh, and that's what I've, I've tried. And this,
1: is, this is her dream with Grandpa.
2: And he yeah, yeah, doesn't... Yeah. I'm very like, I need to clear the motherfucker. Okay, so like. this is why I was saying, do you think people need to change in order to get healing? Because I have tried to have conversations and he is not there. He's He has compartmentalized. He doesn't even remember a lot of these things. He, you swear you look at him and dead in the eyes and he doesn't remember hitting you. Here's the thing. I've never... Looked him in the eye in that conversation. Other than when he looked at me in front of family and said, "I never spanked you guys." See, that's
0: what it's needed. Uh, if I'm honest, if if I'm honest, and then I want to make a clarification to the: Do people need to change in order to heal? When I confronted my mom, I I started thinking about what she did to me as far as, and basically, I'm talking about an episode that I had on my series Hello Hanay where I confront my mom about my sexual abuse. My mom wasn't there for me the way I would hope when I when I needed her to be. And so, about thirty-five, the shit started coming up. And the crazy mm. thing is, it comes up, and and it starts to just fester and boil, and you start seeing little signs of it. So you hearing overhearing your dad at the barbecue, and then you might, he might have d- dropped a lot of signs that he was the perfect dad and and didn't ever touch or do anything to you guys to and make you uncomfortable. But you caught it in this time, mm. the phone call, and then the barbecue, mm-hmm. because in this time you're growing and right. you're, and there are, god will reveal parts of you that need to heal for you to move on right which is going to bring me back to clarifying that quote but my mom i knew the only way i could have this conversation with her where she'll be honest is i need to have no distractions because mm-hmm. she's my mom she can do whatever she wants she can't be cooking and mm-hmm. telling me because it's it, then it's her world and she's like get out of the way i'm cooking not right now i'm doing it needs to be like sitting down Which, in Asian culture, you don't have the family meeting. That's very Cosby show. Like, Uh, you don't have the one-on-one. It needs to be eye contact so she knows I'm holding her accountable for what you're saying right now. And I did ask her if I could record it. But when I recorded it, I I was showing that I was openly authentic, so I led the way. To show her, like, this isn't like us. hello, honey, fun Mm -hmm. and games. This is like I'm being dead serious with you, and I know this is uncomfortable, but believe me that I'm doing this because I love you so much. I'm trying to hold on to you, mom, and I want to bring us closer, so help me get over this really uncomfortable place that I see about you, and I need you to clear up for me. And she actually owned it. Now, it doesn't always go that way, but I did make a decision with myself that if she went the other way and said, you know what, this isn't my problem. I don't know what happened, and I don't understand it, but this is you. If she went there, I was ready for it. Yeah. I really was. And I would already I already knew I was going to deposit her in. This is where my mom's level of growth is, yeah. and I'm going to soar beyond that. And she's always going to still be my mom, but I can't rely on her to have the same understanding where I yep. want to go. Exactly. Right? So I want to say to you, I don't think you need him to change in order to heal. I thought that you meant, does he need to change in order to heal?
2: Yes. Oh, him, he, yes.
0: He needs to change in order to heal. But I'm you. not responsible for his healing. Right, for and sure. so th- Yes, yeah. okay.
2: Yes, and yeah, you, you so get that. I was that. asking, like, would, for you to heal, does your grandpa need to change? Because that's what I came to, is that I'm going to stop expecting my dad to have a revelation sure. of his past, to own responsibility for anything, to... Uh, apologize to anything. I'm just going to enjoy the relationship that I do have with him now. Which genuinely, genuinely, because genuinely. He, no, because
1: he's a different. He doesn't remember. He's a different yeah. person.
2: We have a great relationship. Yeah. It's why surfaced. am I still unsettled? If you haven't sat down with
0: him though, am, am I pushing too much for that?
2: I mean, no. Is he I mean, not maybe that I type? could. He's I definitely not she that knows. type. He's not believe that she knows. I did have a conversation with my dad on. Father's Day, not about this. but So it was kind of like my roundabout way of getting him to try to own up to something that he did wrong in my life. And I was like, hey, Dad, happy Father's Day. Hey, thank you. And he said, um, let me ask you a question since it's Father's Day. Is this in
0: person oh, or on the phone On again? the phone. Huh. He doesn't live
2: by me. He's in San Jose and I'm in L.A. Okay, so but, the, but, go, the, but that's an important element. Just I say. go, Dad, um, if you were sitting down with a new father right now and you could tell him, this is one thing I did right for my kids and this is one thing I did wrong. And I would I would go back and do this differently. What would it be? And I was like, he has to fess up to something this is no, good. No, I mean, this is good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look at her face, so cute, and, uh, so cute. He says that um, the one thing he did right was um, taking us camping and spending that quality time with us. And here's the thing about this conversation, it opened my eyes so much to my dad's side of the story of my parents' divorce. He was like, I I would say taking you guys camping and spending that quality time with you um, is something I did right, even though I didn't necessarily do it because I chose to, I did it because that's all I could afford. He didn't have a house. When it was my mm. dad's weekend, we stayed at Motel 6, we stayed at whatever random wow. Wow. oasis motel we and he took us camping oh, wow. so we could sleep in the tent wow oh, so wow. we didn't know that growing up we just thought we're doing camping trips with did dad did you learn this that father's day yes so wow, we and... just thought we're going camping Oh my god! and he's telling me like we did that because that's what i could afford sandwiches camping in the forest make it fun play card games walk around play with sticks and you know what i mean and then we go home camping was cool then you know yeah and i was like wow i didn't even look at it that way yeah and he started talking about just like when they got divorced and he left he's like i lost my house i lost my family all i brought with me was my clothes and like the side table and then he rented a room after that and that's all he had left to his what he had built you know what i mean yeah Regardless if his actions brought him to this place, and I don't know if he was ready to own the fact that his actions brought him to this place. Sure. But I was finally able to see his hurt right. in this whole story. And um, the one thing that he said he would have done differently, differently was um, because he had so much anger against my mom he wouldn't show up to certain things. Like if we had cheerleading and cheerleading practice or a competition, if my mom was there, he wouldn't come. So he took it out on you guys. And so he was like, if I could do it differently, I would say, who cares? If your mom is there, I'm coming. And would have invested more in that. And so that's what he said. I was like, wow, I didn't even think about that part. But, uh." (laughs) (laughs) and and that's real. And it shows me, I know you know the five love
0: languages, but it sounds like quality time is, is the major for him. I mean, in all these situations, he showed up to your comedy shows. Mm-hmm. He showed up to Penelope's dance mm-hmm. rehearsal site or whatever. And then he showed up to take you guys camping. And he didn't show up in that one time to mm. your um, swim meets or things like that when he was mad at your mom. So I don't know why. but I And this is a seed of prayer that I'm I'm putting out there because I know this isn't the end of the story. But I do think that with each person, it hits us differently what we've done wrong or what we've done right. Yeah. Hitting might not be something. I don't know if he's compartment or I don't know if he's forgotten air quotes, forgotten about wow, it or doubtful. psychologically <laughs> forgotten about it. I think that that to him is wasn't the guilt. like it might not just it might not be a big thing. Hitting might not be have been the thing. whereas for you, that intense abuse and that force was so damaging. Mm-hmm. But for him, no, it's the part where he wasn't showing up. He wasn't dad. Like yeah. that. I, I think he was being very honest there. Yeah. You know, I don't think he was picking something over that. Oh, for sure. So somewhere and
2: and I put him on the spot too. Right. Right. He wasn't expecting sure. that
0: question. Right. right. Somewhere in the right time, you're. I really think you're gonna have to bring it up. Not expecting him to own it or not expecting him to apologize, but you just bringing up your truth of what mm-hmm. that 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 part did to you and why it didn't rest well with you. I think that that's going to be a moment. And it's really not about his response. It's really you just telling him that.
1: Man, that's crazy. It's hard to say because, I mean, there's two things. Okay, so let's say the whole family, that intervention, right? The perfect scenario. Intervention is like, dude, yeah, you you beat us. The whole family sees. And he's like, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sorry for what, who I used to be or something like that. And he genuinely forgot, right? Like amnesia or something like that, right? Like... And then, but then the other scenario is like everything's fine now. Everything's kosher, right? Like, right. You guys turn out worse.
0: That's the same as grandpa. That's what I think he'd do. He'd be like, "Okay, sorry." If if he said sorry,
1: he remembers for sure because he's still doing. His
0: right, stuff. right. He still he still berates <laughs> still and, an and, and and, and like, abuses. Yeah. But I think I, that's why I think it's very important. Like you and Manny said on your podcast, if you do go in and you ever do, it's only to let your dad know in a, in a way of like. I love you, but yo, I gotta tell you this, this I will always remember forever, and mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate that it came from you, but I'd love you today to tell you mm. that That's what cool. I learned from it, I'm not going to ever commit it or do to anybody else. in any. And I learned not to be a violent person. Maybe even your comedy came so loving and welcoming and clean because of that, and dad it was because of what you did to me so i just need you to know that that still sits with me today and it's just a statement mm. it's not a for it's not a, a for a reaction yeah. it's not waiting for something back yeah that's well, it's interesting well definitely
2: something to think about for sure and something i would definitely bring up with my therapist yeah right <laughs> and be that
0: like, girl yo by the way, way through this how long have you been going to your therapist
2: probably 10 years mileage get out what made yeah. you so <laughs> woke to therapy i started seeing a therapist because my my cousin he was like my first therapist because he was in therapy i would talk to him about things and then he would give me his therapy he taught me so many tools right for my tool belt that i had no idea how to process my feelings how to own my feelings yeah how he's the one who first taught me i'm sorry you feel that way which can be used in an abusive way of not owning your own, you know, actions. Yes. But he taught me those little things. I don't have to be responsible for people's (laughs) feelings, right? So since him, then I started seeing my own therapist and I bounced around to different people. You got to find who you vibe with and and whatnot. But um, I have also started um, my spiritual, she's a good friend of mine, but she's my spiritual, like, Mentor um, teacher I've been taking her um, women's circle course her name is Krista Gifford and she's teaching me about uh, energy feminine and masculine energy Um my chakras, wow! my um, trauma in my body and releasing that trauma and how you can hold lineage pain. You Ugh. could be holding pain from if your great grandmother was raped and you're holding on to pain from her like so many different layers. She's taught me about collective pain that you could be feeling there was an offense against you. There could have been offense just against women in general. And you're Ugh. feeling that Ugh. like so I'm learning so much more like i've been in therapy for years and i'm learning how to and this is what i would bring up i would say um i've I've gone to therapy and i've learned to forgive my dad i i've learned to say he's just a little boy who grew up in a grown man body but he just because he's a dad doesn't mean he has to be perfect now he's gonna make mistakes like i can now look at my dad and all of those things and and i could say he did this because he was competitive he did this he said this because he was scared like i can mentally understand and process why my dad did that but why will it not go into my body Mm. and sink into my body so that my body can process that forgiveness process the trauma and Mm. release the trauma right how do you make the connection from head to body right and so then that's the course that i'm in now where she's teaching you how to do that and then what's funny is i'm also learning about energy and stuff dr motley um who's amazing and we interviewed him on our podcast as well but he does um vibration sound therapy right and so like my first session with him like he'll sit you you lay down and he has this like little tool that like makes a sound and basically we all emit vibrations out of our body and so like he can hear the sound of your vibration and tell you certain things he'll ask your body questions so my first session with him he's like he'll like touch like my neck or my knee and then like my stomach He's all these different parts of my body and he's asking my body questions and then he says to me okay um you're holding a trauma in one of your organs shut up and then he's like asking questions and i i forget which one he said i think it was like my liver or something we'll just go with liver for now he's like okay you're holding a trauma in your liver and it stems from an emotion hold on anger guilt shame fear anger and um it's connected to a family member uh, brother sister mother father he's uncle. Um, no he's asking my body he's right it's an so intuition is it's like intuitive it? but, but he's the body's hearing the vibration in some way. yes so he's, he's, he's hearing about vibration, vibration right he's really tuned to that and then so he's listening to the sound that it's giving with his little tool that he has he's like, he's like scratches it and it emits a sound and he's like ghost okay well what the and he's Where like do you buy <laughs> this <laughs> <laughs> he's like <"Is laughs> it okay corporate image oh How? But i know. no they're out of business but um, <laughs> <laughs> so then he's like okay you you're holding on to anger connected to uh Family member, brother, sister, mother, father. Anger with your father.
0: Dead ass dead. What? I'm deceased. No way. He nailed that.
2: And I was like, bruh. Yeah. I've been in therapy talking about anger with my father, from my father, inner rage that I've got from my father. Like, And you're telling me that my body just told you that. The vibrations of my body. Just told you that I have this blockage in my liver or whatever organ yeah. because of that. Your adrenal glands are fatigued and it's connected to Oh, it's all connected. Rage. Yeah. It's connected to um fear in oh, your body. God, like all kinds of craziness. I'll connect you with him. His name's uh, Dr. Motley. And um I met him through Krista and um Krista Gifford is my my spiritual mentor right now. And so How
0: do you get that vibration? to get to the good vibration like how do you get it to how do you remove
2: a lot of self work and meditation and so like when i left that session he was like um and he does like clearing stuff with you as well but when i left that that meeting he was like okay next time you go home and you meditate i want you to just think about the generation of men in your family your dad your Uh, your grandfather your great-grandfather and your great-great-grandfather if you never met them I want you to just think on them and then I want you to just pay attention to your body do you feel a pain anywhere do you feel a sensation a tingle a whatever and just pay attention and just take notes on it and then bring me back those notes right and so I did that I did my meditation and all of a sudden I felt like this like pain in my shoulder and I was like I don't know what the hell this means but i'ma feel i'ma let him know that i'm feeling this pain and then the next time i come in then he's doing like some other like kind of like chiropractic adjustment work and it's like releasing trauma in your body and he gives you different supplements. He's very Eastern medicine, gives you like different um, herbs and and things. everything's natural holistic with him. And um, a lot of self work, like you, you go home and do the work, the meditating, the, you know, aligning your energy, understanding, balancing, you know, feminine energy and masculine energy and all of those things. It's just like a different approach, to bringing healing to your body, because I feel like I can understand the healing in my brain, but I want it to actually sink into my body so I can process it and let it go. Yes.
0: God, the self-awareness that you encompass is incredible. Incredible. And to know you're in the field of comedy. Like, I don't know why, but I've always thought that in order to excel in comedy, not that I think it's right, but that you have to build a shell between. Or like be on all the time. Yeah, be on all the time or have a shell from what's really effed up because you almost need those effed up things to make jokes on it. That's well, here's it the thing. Like, right? I forget yeah. that, that I'm a, a comedian life That's right, to have yeah. the
2: jokes. Yeah, I forget yeah. that I'm so, a comedian. I mean, because I I am not on like I just have these kind of like just real d- talks. you
0: would consider yourself a different type of comedian though right like when I you come mean, to LA and
2: you and you sure. I mean I don't know like I just like LA, I just they do tell me you, that's it
0: yeah you know yeah and you're
2: not worried about other people in their lane. I forget I'll do interviews and then I go oh they brought me on because I'm a comedian I should probably say something funny no oh, you shit no, no yeah.
1: that's not what it, you're personable you're well not very, here here because we're
0: like, yeah because I know you're so like like different that. yes but, but like but I know what you mean but they're like
2: Angela Johnson straight off the stage like yeah you're so honest and they're like where do you get your material? And then I like get deep and I go, oh, I mean, ah, waka waka. And (laughs) then like, (laughs) (laughs) can I be real? Same here. Whenever I come,
0: whether it's from the real or, or, Red carpet, they either want me to talk about fashion and just be like uber fashionable when honestly, like I'm buying my underwear at Target like any other bitch and yeah. I just want to like Come just through. kick it. Yes,
2: Come through Sharona. All day and okay. Gilligan O'Malley. Yes. Come yes. on. Yes.
0: What are you going to talk about? And, and it's the best panties, three for $6. And the other side of it on the reel, they want you to be sassy, say some one-liner. And honestly, I just love deep introspective yeah. self-realization. All of our
2: talks have always been that always. way though. Since I met you. Like, I know. That, and I think that's another reason why we connect too. Yes, is, absolutely. Is we don't have to be on. Yes, for each other. Absolutely, and we prefer,
0: instead of small talk and how's the weather, fluid. we prefer some type of <laughs> layers of depth. Oh,
2: it's, it's right? hard, it's I like networking events, I, oh my I have God, such I want a to hard time, and what do you do, like, so I could forget in three minutes? Yes, like, yes. What, I
0: can And then, no, 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 so what is it that you do, and when you're the answerer, you have to figure out some fucking elevator pitch way to make you feel like, I'm not in transition of something, I'm not trying to figure myself out, I am established, uh-huh. but I want to work with you. Like, like it's uh-huh. the worst little mind fuck you have to do in LA. Everything's a business card, uh-huh. but like, how do you put it in like, like a like an instant tweet? You know right. what I mean?
2: And then at the same time, their eyes go past you to Always. whoever just walked by you in the shit. background, and you're like. I also. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But today you're really
0: happy with Manny. You guys are going strong. It feels like. Oh yeah, like. And we did, podcast. Um
2: We have our podcast nights. At the roundtable. It's um, myself, Manny, and our friend Brandon, and we just again life. We've we've done episodes of like what's one lie the church sold you, and we talk about deconstructing Oof. our faith, Oof. and then we've That's done, What I'm talking about. Have you guys had a podcast about? the gay question yet when it comes to Christianity. So we did a podcast episode, a one on one with Manny and his friend who was in the Christian music industry for years, married, had a daughter, but he's gay. And he finally gay. came out of the closet. Which what's this called? What's
0: this called? And
2: name? um I think it's just called a I'm, I'm gay and I love God. Or I forget what that okay, episode. I'm looking for it. Is yes. called. Okay. Um but he just tells his story of how just the struggle of does God really love me right. or does he not love me because I feel his love but I know who I really am and then finally owning his truth and I'm gay and his wife soon to be ex-wife because they're getting divorced right now is like his best friend oh and they're still, still today. best friends Ooh, they're still co-parenting and they're st- like She gets it. He's gay. Like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? And then, like, so he's helping her with, like, dating and whatever. And he's finally able to live truthfully what he's known since kindergarten when he was first attracted to a boy. And then remembering the first time he heard, ew, sick, about being gay, about same-sex attraction. And then realizing, like, oh, that's shameful. Don't be that bad you know and just his journey his parents being ministers and he's you know selling records in the christian music industry killing it yeah and if i come out i lose everything and like all that kind of stuff and so he just walks through his whole journey and then to like the most liberating place of his life that he's ever been loving god figuring out his faith and just being his true self god this is amazing i have to tune into that one especially as
0: an ally Obviously, to the gay community, I—it's always—is my friend going to go to hell? And why is being gay a sin? Why did you create the person to be gay? God, like, right. like, and why is love ever a sin? Because I know gay couples that are just beautifully in love, adopting kids, and and. Why should we judge it? The whole thing. So I can't wait to listen yeah, to that episode. I want to know
1: strategically, what are you supposed to do? So what do you, you just keep out? You're supposed to keep it under wraps, make a lot of money until you're No, never.
0: Because that's never the human answer. You never want to hide who you are. Well,
2: here's mm-hmm. the thing. So my other friend, his name is Shane Stevens, amazing songwriter. He's written for, you name it, Beyonce, Selena Gomez, everybody. He writes for everybody. He's a very, very talented writer. Um, Very, very gay. He's not hiding it from nobody, right? Okay. Grew up, Dad, a minister, same thing. He told his story on my friend Krista's podcast, um, Krista Gifford, a Head to Heart podcast. And he shares his story of his dad being a drunk abuser, um, abusing him and his mom. But then he gets to preach, but he's not allowed to sing in the ministry because he's gay. So it's like, wait, wow. hold on. How does this work? Right. And just all the different things that he went through from his dad holding a gun to his head saying like, no son of mine is going to be a fag. And like all these things to him that his own dad said to him and to also a minister. growing up, who is also a minister Damn. and growing up to realize like, and he loves Jesus so hard. He's like, I love and I pursue a God that everybody tells me hates me.
0: And I, all because he feels the Holy Spirit with him, honey. Okay, he because I was gonna say
2: he's not just doing it because when, like no, he was raised like, with it.
0: He really feels he God with him. He will tell
2: you some encounter stories of Jesus met him when he went on a hike. Jesus met him in the Uber. Jesus, like <laughs> he full on be like prophesying over somebody. That's <laughs> a five star like, ride. He's uh, he is. Unreal. He'll tell you some super crazy, out of this world stories of the Holy Spirit just showing up and manifesting, and then all of a sudden, like him and his his Jewish friend, who's like full on Jewish, like they found themselves in New York at a church, and they're just like laid out in the church, like experiencing Holy Spirit and the love of God, and his friend being like, "What is happening? Like, what is what are we even experiencing right now?" Like, he has some crazy, crazy Jesus God stories, and he's like. I hear from it, like he can prophesy over you and he'll quote. The he's gifted bible. he's there he's walking he, he's lit he, yes. he loves to read the bible and just like go sit and he's like girl i just sat and i read the bible all day today. i woke up at 10 o'clock he's from the south too <laughs> i woke up at 10 o'clock in the morning i sat there with my coffee i read the bible then you know it's, it's five o'clock at that night really i'm still no, reading the really bible love because i can't and, i can't get through that book That's man. what I'm, saying. Just, I'm an atheist by he way, loves so like, that's yeah. crazy to me. like he loves jesus and he'll read the whole bible and he'll tell me He said, like, you know what I hear God so clearly. He speaks to me so clearly and I can like tell you things. I have never heard God tell me to not be gay. Wow. That's incredible. He is just, I subscribe to love. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at in my life. Yes. And I subscribe to God is love. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Like it's just no height, no depth nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's where I feel, right? So those are the kinds of things that we talk about yeah. on our podcast. We talk about sex, and Manny and I went to a marriage retreat, and we talked about that. We we talk about – he did one with just a panel of dudes and answered questions from women. Why do guys ghost you? Why, when they say this, they really mean this? And then there was a married guy, a single guy, and, like, they went through and just, like, answered different questions. So, so we're talking about a bunch of different stuff, but it all – Always includes love, faith, and acceptance, and that's our whole benediction at the end. Is um, we hope you find a seat at the table, and if you don't, you're always welcome at ours. And hence that's nights, night at the
0: round table. Nights at the round table. Oh. Nights at the round table.
2: I love it. So we can find you on your podcast, you and Manny.
0: And then where else can we follow, support, and just love on you?
2: Thank you. My social media is just at Angela Johnson with a J, with a J, A N J E L A H, and I've been on the most amazing social media detox for the month of January. No. I haven't <laughs> logged on for an entire month. It has been liberating. I'm jealous. It has been powerful. It has been inspiring. And let me tell you one thing. Let me tell you something real quick before we sign out here. Please. Okay. I started to realize three main things of why I needed this detox is one I'm wasting my time just I scroll when I'm in a waiting room I scroll when I'm in traffic I scroll when I'm on the toilet I just scroll right yeah I am using brain space to look at what other people have created when I could be using my brain space to create myself for For sure sure. number one right two um, it's a bad habit. Just I always look at my phone. I can look and see, oh, I have no notifications for anything. Put my phone back down. Three seconds later, I look at it again. Why did I just do that? Yeah. I have the stupid addiction to my phone. I don't like to be addicted to anything. So I'm going to break this habit. Right. That was number two. This is number three. Because I would notice, I could sh- be in a good mood, and I'll start scrolling. And next thing you know, I just feel heaviness. I start thinking about what I'm not doing with my. Oh my life. God, that's so true. I start it's a weird curse the attached to the gram. is the thief of all joy, yes. and I start looking at what this friend of mine is doing, what this peer of mine is doing. And I'm like, damn, why she's working out and you're not? Why so shouldn't I have? Man. I should have done this. How come I didn't do that? Oh, everybody's doing funny uh, Instagram videos. I should do a funny Instagram. Mm-hmm video like oh everybody's doing a tiktok i guess i gotta do tiktok now like scrolling and next you know i have this heavy energy over me and i put my phone down in like in in like rebellion like oh i don't want (laughs) to be on that anymore but now i'm in this negative space what am i going to create out of this negative space nothing right so in this time of just being focused on me and investing in me it is so easy to stay joyful to stay present in the moment when you have no option to see what someone else is doing to mm. no option to see their highlight reel the only option you have is to be present right here with my friends with my husband with my dog in this mm. moment and there's so much joy in being present yeah. and we we take that for granted because it's such a habit absolutely And you know what i think is is so uh, it's a beautiful reminder from you is
0: to you decided to practice that for the month of january to just kick off your new year like that and i'm just thinking about that now um in light of what just happened with kobe bryant and his family and just the shock of how fragile and fleeting life Mm -hmm. and time is so i i appreciate you so much for just reminding that to us that you don't need a, a, a horrific life experience like that to to remind us to just, oh my God, stop and be present. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, I think, the the goal at the end of life. Uh-huh. At, the, at the end of, by 80, you shouldn't w- have to wait to 80 to right. understand that like right now, just being right here in this mm-hmm. moment, this is the best time of your life right here. With yep. your conversation, with your cup of tea, um, in your own thoughts. So like only gift we thoughts. have. Yeah. It's so the only gift we can give Absolutely. ourselves
2: is being present in the moment. And I've heard it said that... Um, depression is basking in the past anxiety is thinking about the future yeah being present is really the only place that um you can battle those two by yes. being out, out of those two things right is yeah. by being present in this moment in gratitude Yeah, and it's it's really the only gift we could give ourselves when this happened with Kobe it affected so many people, I keep saying everybody, but I'm not going to just speak for everybody. I would say it affected a majority of people all over the world. But even think about this, like in this city, we related to that in so many ways. Because one, we just saw a, a famous person that we've looked up to or admired taken from us. yeah, yeah. Sh- Suddenly. So it's a, it's a shock to the body, right? And then you feel... Um, Empathy for his wife and his children. Absolutely. And you empathize as a human thinking, his poor wife, I have a husband. What if that happened to me? You start empathizing like that, right? And then take it a step further. And it's that collective pain. It's that everyone who looked at their phone or got the phone call from a friend, Kobe Bryant just died in a helicopter crash. What? Shock. Your body like feels shock. Yeah. Then it goes to confusion. What? Wait, what? Hold on, what? Then it goes to sadness. No. Then it goes to grief. And at the same time, this entire city, I'll just speak on the city because it happened all over the world, but this entire city who loved him so much emitted grief and sorrow out of their body. And now every person you're walking by at the grocery store, at the gas station or whatever is emitting some sense of like, somber, Yeah, somber. And you feel it all over the you city. You feel it. It was so heavy. Even even
0: the sky weighed at, down on us in this grief. Honey, You're so right about that.
2: It has been a heavy, very powerful thing and it's causing a lot of introspection, which is great. People yeah. looking at their lives and wanting to be more calling present their loved ones. and yeah. calling their loved ones saying I love you. Um g- forgetting about things I'm angry at this like forget it, letting go of stuff. And it's really caused people to, like, pause. And that's good. We need that pause. Yeah, absolutely. I love you, Angela. I'm so thankful that you came.
0: Seriously. And I I just want you to know, like, this marking. I mean, we have this timeline, obviously, already since, like, a 20-year friendship. Like, I just get excited about every milestone. I hope that we get more in between so that it's not so far and few apart. But I just want you to know that, like, you are one of my sisters that I absolutely and thankful to watch and watch you shine and watch you um, explode in the different re- revelations that you get. And all the meantime, I'm like cheering you on and you. be here to polish you and, and be there for you in any Thank way. You. So I just appreciate you for making time for me and the fam out there that needed to you hear your message today.
2: Thank you.
1: Mm, thanks a lot, Angela. Yes. Was, this is amazing talk. Yeah, Thank you're so you so honest, So real. Have Thank a beautiful you. week,
0: everybody. <laughs>